and welcome to Over the Trent. A disappointing result at Anfield for Steve Cooper's men, but there's no signs of improvement, if we're quite honest. A disappointing result for everyone involved. But we've also got Jack Napton back on the podcast. We've got lots of positive reviews from you, Jack. So, Jack, congratulations. 3-0 win. Thanks. A little summary of the game. How did you think it went for Liverpool? Um, I think it went pretty well. Honestly, I don't think it's the best we've played all season. I think um, there, are, there are other performances which stand out a lot more. Um, I think the Villa game is still one for me. Um, I think without being too brutal, and obviously, you know, I, I it's not like I don't like Forest. Obviously, they're, as I said last time, a team that I like to do well as long as they're not playing Liverpool or Scunthorpe. Um, you were almost architects of your own downfall, I think. Um, I think... Every up, you were we, we were wrong about Chris Wood obviously starting, who could have caused some problems, but um, he uh, obviously was injured. Um, and obviously, I was wrong about Luis Diaz starting because of the awful situation with his family, which is just horrendous. But um, Alanga, you were right, he, he looked like he could pose a threat, but I feel like he's still missing maybe that little bit of maturity, which is probably why it didn't work out for him at United. Um, because he was, it, there was no need for him to be offside as consistently as he was throughout that first half. Obviously, he goes close in the second half with that um, that effort off the bar. But uh, yeah, your midfield was industrious, as I, uh, you know, mm. we said it would be. We said they'd work hard and, and fair play. Um, I, I don't think again. I don't think you you embarrassed yourselves bar the third goal, which is just mm. what's going through people's brains. There, I'm not entirely sure, <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, the, it was just not right. But uh, then again. I think Virgil van Dijk had a brilliant game stopping the service to um, your forward players. Um, and I just, yeah, I think you were overrun. I think our system worked well. And now we have the players. We used to struggle against a low block consistently. I mean, mm. uh, we would we'd come away with nil nils and one ones against the likes of Burnley. I mean, they really stick out as Burnley as. So we always used to pick up one ones, nil nils against low block teams because we didn't have the creative midfielder once Coutinho left, and people was crying out for a number ten after Coutinho left for ages, and we never signed one. And eventually, we all sort of were like, "Yeah, fair enough, it's not how we play anymore." But now with Sabozlai, McAllister, Gravenberg, who probably didn't have his best game, um, looked a little bit leggy at times, but he didn't play much football last season, so we'll we'll let him off. He's probably just tired after the amount we've played him. But now we've got that those creative ability in, in midfield and it's a lot easier for us to pick apart defences even that are doing a low block and with the difference that you know in Salah's game that he that he has he he allows us to be a lot more creative as well and obviously Trent's new position so it just wasn't a well executed plan by you but it was by us and particularly good games for Alexis McAllister and Virgil van Dijk really helped us stop in the supply to to Alanga um and stopped Gibbs White being creative. So I think, you know, it, it's not going to be, it's not complete disaster for Forrest because it's it's almost just a little bit what you expect. You're coming away to Anfield, it's Anfield, you know, and we're in much better form than we were last season. So I wouldn't be too disheartened from a Forrest point of view, but but it, it wasn't it wasn't good. You would, you would want better going forward, certainly in probably, you know, more favourable fixtures. Yeah, one shot on target for Forrest, which came in stoppage time of the 90th minute. Um, also, you break down all the goals. You can pinpoint individuals. And I don't want to do this. I don't like blaming individuals. But the individual errors, Murillo's tried to beat three men, three Liverpool men at Anfield. You're a centre-back. Now, I know you're a fabulously talented centre-back, but just move the ball on. It's what Cluffy would have said. Just, you've done one, you've done two, don't push your luck. You know what I mean? And fair enough. 
Turner probably should have catch, uh, should have caught, sorry, that shot from Nunes, who I thought was played quite well as well. And then Jota slots at home and pays a lovely tribute to Luis Diaz as well. Again, absolutely horrific for him. And I thought the team must have been in quite a state knowing that that's going on for your teammate. We've seen across sport this weekend how a team can be affected by a very tragic incident. And we might as well talk about it now. Our thoughts and whole prayers go from everyone over the Trent to the Nottingham Panthers. What happened to Adam Johnson is just terrible. Um, thoughts go to him. And uh, Matt Petgrave as well, the Sheffield Steelers player. It's obviously an accident. And I hope he can learn to play a sport again and love it again, because that must be terrible. So thoughts and prayers go to everyone who was, who's been affected by that. It's absolutely terrible. And it does put in perspective, we've lost 3-0 to, at Anfield. It's not the end of the world. Everyone's got back happy and yeah, it's one of those. The second goal, Sangare isn't tracking back and that's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. And the third, I think Turner has just played his final start for Forest for quite some time. Vlachidimos, I'm going to try and pronounce. The Greek number one uh, might be in goal for this week. Overall, Forest played quite poorly and Liverpool played quite well. Jack, Forest then have quite a tough run of fixtures, Aston Villa and Brighton coming up. Was there anything there? I know Taiwo Awani came on and you're a big Taiwo fan. Love Taiwo. What do you think Taiwo will offer to that team? Obviously no number nine. Do you think it needed a number nine? Because I think it certainly did. Yeah, absolutely did. Because, you know, we talked about Alanga's pace and everything, but we did play Kanate, who, again, I don't think was had his best game, but but still he he is quick. And, you know, Samikas isn't slow. Van Dijk is not quite as fast as he used to be, but still he's not he's not slow across the turf. So I just, you know, I think there needed to be another dimension to the attack other than just relying on Alanga's pace, yeah. especially when he's offside half the time. Um, so, yeah, maybe we obviously gave Chris Wood a shout, ended up being injured. Um, so seeing Tywer back is a big plus for Forrest because I think even despite Chris Wood's sort of recent run of scoring a few goals. I think everyone um, that is a regular at the City Ground would prefer to see Taiwo up there. Mm-hmm. Obviously comes up big for them in, in, in big games um, fairly consistently actually now. And uh, and he's just looking to improve all the time. And there's another one that seems to buy into the badge quite well. So I think um, another another option just to, just to sort of mix it up a little bit going mm. forward because you were relying it was quite one dimensional once you got past the midfield and I understand setting up a really low block and an industrious midfield against a, a team that you're not the favourites to beat but it was it was never the way to to come to Anfield especially with I mean obviously we've talked about McAllister and Van Dyke in their defensive roles um, but Sabozlai obviously got his got two assists was absolutely um enigmatic yet again it was just a brilliant performance from him and so creative and just is a joy to watch every game um so yeah so I think just another dimension up top would have given you something to uh, something else to throw at them and you won't have wouldn't have even needed a bit more quality at least it's someone to get a bit physical with Van Dyke mm. and Canate someone else that can hold the ball up and let Gibbs White join the attack because Alanga was so isolated for most of the game um yeah I, I think a one year well i've heard uh, across a lot of other sort of podcasts and sort of across social media um sort of a lot of liverpool fans were worried about the potential threat of a one year coming mm. back just because we thought we probably would have an answer for most things but a one year coming back obviously he was part of our i don't i don't think he ever played a professional game for us but he was part of our academy for a bit um Scored against you, know, you last October as well. He did, exactly. So, it, you know, it could have been the kind of game that really revved him up, especially mm. wanting to prove that 
you know, if him and if Chris Wood gets back fit again quickly, that he should still be the one that come, like is starting ahead of Chris Wood, despite his recent run of form. So, um, a one year, everyone was sort of worried of the potential of him, but by that, by the time he came on, expecting you know a lot out of him just coming back from injury, it, it was probably you know too much Dead to ask. Dead and buried, totally agree. It's one of those where Forrest just got to move on, and I don't get all this hatred for Cooper. Jack, you were in the city for many years, especially when Forrest were in the championship. That year where Forrest just grew and grew, part of not only the city's identity, but the football team played beautiful football. It does seem mad that people want to get rid of Cooper. Now, we did a poll on Over the Trent. 7% of people want Cooper out, which is interesting because it shows not only that there is there is some opposition to Cooper, and fair enough, there's got to be some opposition after some disappointing uh some disappointing results at home, but the vast majority are still behind Cooper and that is very good to see. But it's so interesting that Forest fans are just turning and it's mad to think that Cooper could be on the way out at the end of this year. What do you think about the situation, Jack? Well, I feel like we talked about it a bit around this time last year and we all were just saying sort of get into the World Cup, not not all of that squad's going away, let them gel through that time, train, come back after the World Cup, see how it goes. And obviously we've not got a, a World Cup to sort of break things apart this year, but, you know, we were having the same conversations, stuck with Cooper and it, it you know, it worked out. You stayed up. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't even, I don't think you were even fighting to the last day. I think you wrapped it up a couple of games early, didn't you? So, Arsenal game, it, you yeah. Know, yeah. So it was, yeah, yeah, I was there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, that, that is the ideal situation. And I don't think, well, I think the question that everyone says and I imagine because you have to ask questions of Cooper after a run of defeats. Mm. And at this point for me, you don't ask, you know, it needs to be, you don't say he needs to be sacked. You need to say what, how can, how can he improve? What, what does he need to be looking at? Um, and I'm sure he knows he's an intelligent guy. He's proven himself um, getting you back from the championship from bottom to promotion. Um, and then, you know, staying in the premier league, he's proven himself and then good cup runs as well has to be mentioned. Yeah. Um, which again are competitions that I, I, I don't actually know. Are you still in both cup competitions this year, or? Oh well, obviously the FA Cup. I'm off to the first round of the FA Cup. So Forest and all that haven't entered yet. Of course, if anyone's new to football, that's worth mentioning because I think there's a lot of assumed knowledge with football. But obviously, the FA Cup third rounds where the Championship and the Premier League teams we were um, beaten by Burnley in the fourth round of the League Cup uh, in August. A late winner there. Again, one of those where. No one takes the League Cup seriously until the quarterfinals, round of 16. But Liverpool made it through, I believe, didn't they? Yeah, 2-1 against Bournemouth uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, it was very... Well, I think you could see the South Coast was already getting battered by uh, Storm <laughs> Storm Kieran because the rain was absolutely pelting it down to the point where uh, a lot of radio signals were disrupted and really? what have you. So I actually I just had to watch the highlights in the end. Mm. I love a rainy day listening to um, sport, especially football. I think there's so such magic in that. But yeah, I think Forrest, what would be a good season now? 15th, if not lower, as long as we don't get relegated. People have assumed a lot that the bottom three are sorted. I don't think they are. I think Luton are a very good team and the signings they've made, like Ross Barkley, he's a good player. He's still a good player. They are very regimented, I'll admit, and Kenilworth Road, if that becomes a fortress like the city ground was last year for a newly promoted side, they could cause some problems. They could really cause some problems. Then we've seen Bournemouth get their first win of the year. We've seen Burnley pick up wins. Everton as well, beating West Ham at home. 
away sorry it's not as it's not as safe as everyone thinks so i just think staying up again similar to what brighton have done i think if if you could tell me we'll be in europa conference in a few years time i'd snap your hand off because that is exactly what I think Forest fans want, we want those European competitions back and we want, you know, we're not expecting to win the Champions League anymore. We just want to be in the top flight having fun. And I think this current run of games has been quite tough. Let's move to Sunday, Aston Villa at home. Obviously, Liverpool have played Aston Villa and there's some familiar faces like Matty Cash, who Forest will be playing against. I'm not holding my breath for this one. It's one of those where at home, we just don't want to lose this. And I think a draw against Aston Villa would be fine. Jack, any predictions with Taiwo and possibly Danilo making their return to the city ground? I mean, it's one where you've got to be cautious because Villa Villa haven't probably been as consistent as they would have liked at the start of the season, but by no means have been bad. Obviously, they're balancing European competition now as well. But Emre is a terrific manager. Um, and I think people expect Villa these days, under Emery especially, to be, you know, contending for the European places. But it's not been the perfect start for them throughout. Not not necessarily, you know, 100% consistent. Probably been 75% acceptable. Um, you would you would you would say. But it's one where I wouldn't write Forest off, but it'll be a tough ask. Do you know what I mean? With Awanyi and Danilo back, you see, you know, you, the prospects are certainly improved, but um, but Villa have got the quality to damage, especially, oh, I mean, their signings, Diabe looks really good and he's been fairly consistent. Douglas Louise and John McGinn are playing really well. Ollie Watkins has had a great start. Um, but then, you know, they are susceptible to a mistake. There's still one in there, especially in the defence. So it's not, it's not, completely showed up. I mean, I, I thought Pau Torres was going to come in and be an absolute revelation. And I, he's been good, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't been as good as I was expecting him to be. So, you know, there's there's possibilities there for Forrest. I think you've got to be cautious. Obviously, at the city ground, no one wants to see Forrest camped in their own half. Mm. Um, but you might just have to be practical, pragmatic about it. And, you know, if you can get a result, if you can nick a 1-0, then that that's perfect. And I think uh, it might be a dull affair on the day. But surely the result is what matters and leaving the ground more excited than being excited at halftime is what matters. Totally agree. And just looking at Aston Villa's away form, 5-1 against Newcastle. That's a thumping. You know, fair play. Newcastle are a good team. Legia Warsaw, 3-2. Okay, probably better than Forest Legia. But, you know, fair play. That's tricky. And then 3-0 away at Anfield as well. Their away form doesn't suggest too much. And then a 1-1 draw against Wolves. Now, obviously, that's a rivalry and that's a derby. Uh, that can be explained away. But it doesn't feel like they're travelling very well. So there is a chance. And obviously, Forest have got one of the best home records outside the top six, if not better than some top six teams. It's only Liverpool Man City who have better records at home this season when it comes to not being defeated. It also is worth mentioning, it is FA Cup first round this week, meaning lots of local teams have got interesting games. So I wanted to actually highlight this because um, Alfreton Town are playing Worthing, Mansfield Town are playing Wrexham, and Lincoln City have Morecambe. So if you aren't able to get a ticket this weekend for Forest versus Aston Villa, would recommend trying to go to a local ground and supporting them. And if you can't get a ticket for the men's team, the women are playing Wolverhampton Wanderers at Long Eaton, again at two o'clock on a Sunday. And I do think that's quite unfair 
on the women's team to put it up against the men's team, especially for what is kind of a local rivalry with Aston Villa. I do think the women's team needs to be a bit more supportive with the scheduling fixtures. I get that obviously Sky have got an influence in this game, but I, I do think that's a little bit unfair. But in positive female football news, there's going to be the first ever female Premier League ref, which is obviously massive news. It's been an interesting few days for Forrest. It, it feels a bit disappointing, but we had some unpopular opinions sent in. And I promised I'd send a retort to one gentleman who I'll get the name of. Uh, I believe, was it Nathan? Okay, Taylor Bell. Taylor Bell said, unpopular opinion, Joe Lolly was not that good. Now, that is a red rag to a bull for me. Jack is obviously just, just started giggling due to the fact he knows how much I love Joe Lolly. Joe Lolly was class. Now, obviously, he didn't have a very good time under Steve Cooper, sort of got left out for Zinkenagel, who's now playing Europa League football. He is a very, very good player. And going down to Sydney is a bit of a crime. But Joe Lolly was the Macron era's Brennan Johnson. He was so good for us. He was absolutely pinnacle for us in the championship. Now, again, he wasn't very reliable under Steve Cooper. And um, what's he called? Steve Hewton. God, I've absolutely blanked him from my memory. But at the end of the day, Joe Lolly scored some absolute screamers against Aston Villa. And I can't wait to see those back on the big screen on Sunday. Um, Jack, do you have a Nottingham Forest unpopular opinion? No. When I saw it on the Instagram, to be honest, I was trying to think of one. And mm. I was like, why can't I think of any unpopular ones? I think all of them were all of them were pop would have been popular. I couldn't imagine any mm. sitting. Oh, well, other than Joe Worrell is unfairly criticised. Oh, right. You're talking my language now. I think because he's English, and I think because Steve Cooper's Welsh, and there's a sort of anti-British bias by our own fans, that because they're not exciting, they're not exotic, they're not like Felipe, say, you go, obviously Felipe's a much better looking lad than Joe Worrell, but you just don't give them the respect they deserve. And some people have been putting Steve Cooper down as just a championship manager, or Joe Worrell as just a championship defender. By right... They are not. They've earned their place in the Premier League and then they've remained in the Premier League. They're superb. And I do think Joe's an easy target. And yeah, I just, I don't think it's fair. Is there anyone like at Liverpool who's also deemed an easy target? We're a bit, we're a bit different. Well, I, I think for the most part, a lot of Forest fans are fairly like this as well. But, um, and I think Joe Worrell can be targeted by sort of different opposition fans quite a lot of the time. Um, but at Liverpool, we are... Probably the the opposite in that we are probably we stick by people too much. I would say. Okay. Um. I don't think there's any. You know, on the current run of form, there's no one that stands out as needing sort of an eye looking at them, saying, "Really, are they good enough?" Um. But yeah, I don't think even sort of last season, Henderson and Fabinho were nowhere near their best. Henderson obviously came back from an injury, and it looked like his legs had gone. I always stuck by Henderson, even mm. when opposition clubs would criticise. Um. Loved him. Thought he was. Absolutely uh, instrumental for our team and especially for Klopp's system. I thought without him, it was so evident that it didn't work. Um, I think his presence was was half the battle for him because yeah, maybe he's not the technical midfielder that that we've got now, but um, but without him, we we did do worse. It was just everyone at Liverpool, around Liverpool knew it. But no, for me, there's there's no one that really gets piled on. We are such a yeah we we. To put it really indelicately, we crawl so far up our team's ass; it's ridiculous. <laughs> we uh, we can't get enough of them, and at times when we we need, we we get 
we get pragmatic. Last season, it was hard not to, you know, have a long, hard look at ourselves. Mm. But I think all the players expected more of themselves as well. So it was hard to criticise because they knew they weren't performing. They weren't trying to, you know, make excuses or whatever, which I know Klopp can get, you know, blamed for doing in the media uh, at times. So, and he does. Yeah, that's fair enough. Still love the guy, even when he makes an excuse. I understand why he does it. You know, you don't want the players to take on that responsibility. It's just his style of management. He, you know, keeps all the fire off the off the players. He probably lets them know in private um, in his own way. But yeah, so so for me, there isn't really anyone that I feel gets unfairly criticised because we don't criticise people enough, probably. But um, but it's also better than the opposite of criticising everyone after one bad performance. I hate that. I can't stand that. Um, yeah. There are plenty Shout of clubs. Man United. Yeah, Chelsea as well. I just uh, mm. I feel like people get on their backs so easily. So. Yeah, I we just we don't let it we don't they don't we don't let it get to us. But again, probably probably we're uh, too positive. It's always let's get behind the lads, which is the right the right thing. But sometimes you know sometimes there's a problem that needs fixing, and the way to fix it is sell. But <laughs> now you're the first returner, Jack. So I'm going to ask you the three returner uh, red questions. Okay. Jack, thank you very much for coming back. I also do appreciate that. Very nice. Oh, it's a pleasure. Dalton. I love Dalton. over the trend. Thank you. So the first question is, if you could score at any away ground, so it can't be Anfield and it also can't be Wembley, where would you like to score? Obvious, isn't it? Uh, well, I want to hit... If you say Old Trafford, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed because I don't think the away end is quite good enough to celebrate in front of. Yeah, but Gerard's kiss to the camera. Torres oh, is yeah. number five. Uh, in, the si- in the silver kits. I um, Yeah, in the silver kits. I, back in a five-a-side game when I was like 16, 17, um, we were playing against, my one of my mates played for the other team. And I, I was not a particularly, I'm still not particularly good at football, but, you know, I played for a team anyway, for just a five-a-side team. Um, and he passed the ball across his box. I intercepted it slotted it past the keeper and I, I rarely even even when I was like at my best playing which was probably in my last year at uni just gone actually I was a, like a defensive midfielder goals are not my thing but I scored I actually scored two that game um ran straight up to him and stuck the number five in his face like I was Fernando Torres and that is oh it sits well with me so I'm sorry to disappoint you Don but I am gonna have to say uh Old Trafford I think yeah, I think Old Trafford, especially how noisy the fans were when they came to the city ground as well. I just know it would be so fun to wind them up. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Man United fans in my life that I like to wind up. Second option, I won't explain anymore. I think Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I think that's got the only problem is it's a little bit close. You wouldn't be like you'd have to score and then run round the goal for me. Just be very pernickety. It have to be at the shed end, I believe it's called. But yeah, I do think about that a lot. Favourite away kit ever? Any club? From from Liverpool or anyone? Any club in the world. Oh, God, Dom. Yeah, I might have to get back to you on that one and you can put it on social media. Um, well, there's one iconic one that you're not saying. It also can which... be a third kit. A lasagna kit? Oh, the lasagna kit. Oh, Dom. You in that lasagna kit was a thing of beauty. Um, that It's not my favourite away kit ever. Oh. It's my favourite for being worst. But... um. Yeah, I'll try and think of a, a nice Liverpool one for you. But uh, oh, to be fair, there's been some nice England away kits mm. actually. God, I, do you know what? I'm really bad with kits in years though. I, I am quite bad with it. I mean, I do again. I like the silver Liverpool kit. I like the uh, 
the purple third kit we've got oh the the stony colored like the sort of beigey colored liverpool polo away kit the other year um it was really really nice but yeah no I, i'm really really bad on kits and years i can i can never play some i could place if you showed me it, i could tell you a player that played in it as i'm sure most people could but i'm really bad on kits and years so i'm sorry that's a really bad answer to that question okay and the final question England have turned down your opportunity to play for them. You can't go for another major European or South American team. They have found a way to get you to play for any nation in the world. What random nation would you play for at the World Cup? Ooh. But they've got and they have magically qualified as well. They've magically qualified. That's good to know. So what basically what country do I like? But it yeah, but it can't be obviously your France's, your Germany's, your Argentina's, your Brazil's. Right, okay. Well, I think I see. I've always really wanted to do one of those like ancestry things mm. um, to find out if I'm more interesting than just having been born in Scunthorpe and all my family being from that area as well. So let's say Poland. Interesting. So you could play with Matty I just, Cash. I, yeah, I like Matty Cash. I went to Poland. It was really, really nice. It was a very, very pretty country. So let's say Poland. Fair enough. I I think due to my now personal connections, I'd love to play for Luxembourg. I think it's very relatable and I wouldn't have to train. I think that'd be the one for me. Yeah, uh, probably. Best away kit. Or actually going back to the uh, last question, Cameroon. I had an absolute obsession with Cameroon uh, due to I had a... Now just, just okay, just, just please hold on, hold on. I had a DVD and you know when you're a kid, DVDs, you just play and replay and replay. You probably don't get that anymore. Just replay the same DVD over and over again. It was England's greatest matches of the 90s. And it sort of explains my whole life since. But The the, Cameroon match was, yeah. Iconic. And I just love those Adidas kits. So I think if I could play for Cameroon, I think I'd be a very happy man. Uh, Best away kit, I think you've got to go for the lasagna shirt. If not, (laughs) Oh, bizarrely, I love the Arsenal Arshavin kit where it was 4-3 or 4-4 at Liverpool. Yeah, thank you for that. Cheers. Sorry. And as much as I dislike Arsenal, I've got to admit, beautiful shirts. And if I had to score at one ground, ooh, I think the King Power, but again, it, it sort of works for away fans, but I just don't care enough about them. I was going to um, say, you always say it's not a real rivalry because I think, Forrest don't care about Leicester yeah, as much. But yeah, so it's not, yeah, obviously you can't go to Derby because that's just too easy. I think it's quite hard to like wheel away. I think the city ground is a really good ground for away fans. I know that sounds mad, but you can just wheel away and you're just there. Well, you always got, you've got to think Villa. as well, you, you got to think as well, you know, scoring at St. James's Park as an away player, mm. obviously it'd be funny to wind up all the Newcastle fans because they're loud, but you can't celebrate with your own fans because they're mm. up in the gods. Yeah, Whereas yeah. at the city ground, they are right, you know, they've got one of the bottom stand. Like, What I find bizarre is Wolves have that whole lower section of essentially the, where the camera's facing. It might be the Steve Ball stand. And they just go, yeah, away fans. So maybe maybe at Wolves, because then you can sort of like, addy, but when you're doing your Addy by all run, you can just do that in front of all your away fans. So maybe, maybe there. Well, Jack, that's been a very interesting end to the conversation, end of the podcast. It's been a pleasure having you on. And I'll see you at the Student Radio Awards on the 14th of November. Jack is obviously nominated for several little awards. When I say little, the biggest ones, the daddy ones, the real ones that matter. So, Jack, well, again. Well, you say, you say I am. The station is. Yeah, but you were, you were the captain of the station. Captain you Jordan of, I like Henderson. That. You were the Jordan Henderson and you went away for money uh, in front of 650 <laughs> people. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, Jack, absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you also for editing the podcast last week. You're an absolute hero. Uh, for those who are worried, uh, to both people who are worried, I must say the laptop has been ditched. Uh, we've had to go to Evangelos Maranakes. Uh, we've found a way to bring some funds in and we've got a new Mac. But after my laptop Pacino incident, I'm being very careful with <laughs> with liquids near my laptop. I think you should uh, buy a waterproof case. I have, I have. It's really nice, to be fair. Right, we're going into laptop chat. We need to end the podcast now. Jack, have a lovely weekend. Best luck to Liverpool. And make sure you guys go to some lower league football on the Saturdays. Forest are playing on Sunday, 2pm. And make sure you do your FPLs, which I believe the first uh, deadline is at 11.30 this week. Right, go well. And come on, you Reds. You Reds. <laughs>